it's a misnomer that people don't uh, have a building or property in a flood zone. Every property is in a flood zone. And there's two types of people in this world, people that have been hacked and they know it, and people who don't think that they've been hacked, but they actually have, and they'll eventually find out that they were. Hello and welcome to episode six of Call Your Broker, where we help to educate business owners, public officials, organization leaders, and consumers on all things insurance and risk management. This is Matthew Struck at Treadstone Risk Management, flying solo for this episode. Uh, What follows is the audio from one of our installments of Treadstone Risk Management's vlog series, 30 Days of Insurance and Risk Management. You can check that out on our vlog on YouTube. It covers insurance solutions that you may or may not know are available to help protect your business, public entity, organization, or household. I hope you enjoy it. All right, we're off and rolling. Day one, we're going to be talking about what types of insurance there are in the marketplace, um, what they cover, uh, why you might need them, and some of the pros and cons of having them. So let's get going. All right, so the first type of insurance that we're going to be talking about is property insurance. Basically, you can think of this as insurance that covers your stuff. So if you're a homeowner, it's your home. Uh, Also, you have property coverage included in your auto policy. If you're a business owner, you want to cover your office, your place of work, uh, you know, if you're a retail shop, uh, if you are a uh, office, you know, a, a white collar like office, um, commercial office, it's going to be the physical location that your office is at. Uh, it's also going to be, um, you know, for uh, companies that use or organizations that use a lot of equipment. Think of it in terms of your computers, desks, chairs. Uh, even uh, specialized equipment that's stored at your location in a garage or something like that. If you're a contractor, a lot of your building and um, uh, a lot of your building and landscaping and you know earth moving equipment, a lot of that's going to fall under a property policy in one way, shape, or form. So property coverage. Always remember that my stuff. I want it covered both at the location that I work at and also if I ever have to move it around. It. Now, included in the discussion with property coverage is flood insurance. Uh, it's a misnomer that people don't uh, have a building or property in a flood zone. Every property is in a flood zone. It's just a matter of time as to whether or not your property is anticipated to flood within a year, 100 years, 500 years, uh, or you know, out into the future. But just because you're not in a uh, what would they would call a special flood hazard area, which is you know the shore right next to a body of water, doesn't necessarily mean that you're immune to flooding. All right. Finally, in the property area is crime and theft coverage. Uh, crime and theft can apply to people from outside your organization, your company, your home uh, that come in and take things away from you uh, or destroy your property. Uh, it can also mean internally, meaning employee theft or uh, you know, family members and things like that, that might end up taking things from you. So uh, always remember that crime and theft coverage is to cover your property uh, and it applies both internally as well as externally uh, for who's, who might take it. All right, a pretty specialized type of property insurance is called in, inland marine or a floater policy. Um, when I was talking before about property that might be stored on location, if that's property or equipment that has to travel around uh, to go to job sites or be loaned out, things like that, 
when it's moving away from your actual physical location, but it's in use or it's being handed off to someone else to use it as part of your business, that needs to be covered away from that location, uh, or away from your physical location as well. So you're going to need to uh, have a floater uh, either included in your property policy, or if you have to write, you have to write a separate one to make sure that that's covered. All right. The next thing we're going to talk about is covering the liability of your operations. So while you're doing whatever it is that you do, uh, making sure that you're covered in case someone sues you, uh, basically claiming that you are negligent and hurt them or damage their property or something. So first type of liability coverage is general liability coverage. And it's just that it's general. It has to do with your general operations, your general daily ongoing and it covers you for both property damage as well as bodily injury to someone else. So not someone within your organization, but someone from outside of it that might end up filing a legal claim against you. The next type of liability coverage that we're talking about is auto liability coverage, and auto liability uh, covers your vehicles. Uh, and again, auto liability coverage is a coverage uh, in case you get in an accident and you injure or damage someone else's property. So it's going to be someone from outside your organization that is going to be making a claim that they had their property damaged or they were hurt by your uh, negligent use of a vehicle. All right, I touched on it before, but auto physical damage is property coverage for your vehicle while you're operating it or even when it's just sitting parked or stored. So always remember that an auto liability policy can be written uh, just with liability coverage. And in a lot of cases, they can tack on property coverage on there, or there's also the option to have that property coverage for your vehicles uh, stand, standing alone or on its own on a property policy that's covering other things like your building and your equipment. All right, uh, another form of liability is called professional liability, uh, but professional liability has a lot of other names that get thrown around. Um, some of them differ a little bit in terms of when someone says one thing, one type of professional liability versus another. Uh, because typically they're re referring to a policy that has slightly different wording. But you'll see this, the names kicked around like errors and emissions coverage, malpractice insurance, um, or professional liability. And so any of those really apply to someone who is providing a professional service or product. And if they end up uh, doing their job incorrectly, and for instance, the classic cases, you know, architect, that improperly designs a building. And as a result of that, the building after it's completed collapses or collapses in the middle of being built. So this covers you for traditional, um, you know, malpractice liability or errors and emissions type coverage. An error and emission would be considered, uh, you know, if you were an accountant and you were doing bookkeeping or filing taxes and you know, there was an error that caused a client to have to pay a penalty or you forgot to include something and that resulted in your client being out money or having to pay a penalty that would cover that situation. All right, the next one that we're gonna talk about is pollution liability. Pollution liability uh, is uh, basically covers you either for cleanup at your own premises, or also it can cover third parties outside of your organization, such as uh, your neighbors or other people that might come in contact with pollution that might've been generated by you or um, not necessarily generated by you, but started on your property and ended up leaking onto their property or got into the water and traveled and they ended up ingesting it. And so it covers for both property damage and bodily injury. Um, pollution liability can get very complicated. So you're definitely going to want to ask a lot of questions about 
what it covers, why you might need it, and if it's covering all the different situations that you might have. All right, the last type of liability we're going to cover, uh, last type of liability coverage that we're going to cover is called cyber liability. Um, it's a very big thing right now with all the hacks and, and a lot of the malware attacks and, and things like that that have been going on. So cyber liability, uh, interestingly enough, it doesn't really mean that you've been negligent, so to speak, in your ongoing operations, though sometimes that can result in you having a cyber liability claim. Uh, but cyber liability really covers you and your information and your property from outside attacks that typically come in from a computer or into your network. There's also cyber liability coverage for other people. So if you store their information, if you have access to it, or in a lot of cases, if you have access to someone else's system and then someone hacks you and gains access to that third person's uh, system through your portal that you were given to have access to their system, you can be liable in that situation. So you, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure in this day and age, 99% of businesses and organizations need cyber liability because the saying is that um, there's two types of people in this world, people that have been hacked and they know it, and people who don't think that they've been hacked, but they actually have, and they'll eventually find out that they were. Okay, covering your workers. So if you have employees or if you have uh, 1099 people that help you, or even in certain situations, volunteers and things like that. Uh, there is a couple of coverages that we have to talk about. The first one is workers' compensation insurance, which pretty much everyone has heard of, but there are some complexities about workers' compensation insurance. Uh, one of those is that the second type of insurance that we're going to talk about is called employer's liability insurance, and they're typically written together, though you can write them in a separate, but Typically, it doesn't make any sense. You're usually going to get them together in the same policy. And the, what the two of them cover you for are injuries on the job to your employees uh, or you know, in the course of their employment and doing their job. Um, workers' compensation and employers' liability cover a broad range of things. Uh, it also depends on the state that you're in. So certain states are going to have uh, certain thresholds of liability for employers. Um, I'm based out of New Jersey, and so in New Jersey... Uh, the threshold is pretty much strict liability uh, with the, you know, with the uh, sole uh, example of, you know, someone um, fraudulently putting in a claim and not being covered. But in most cases, it's assumed that it's a covered claim if the employee was in the act of doing their job or even kind of in the act of doing their job. It covers both, uh, you know, sudden, you know, kind of catastrophic or accidental uh, injuries. And then it also covers, uh, in a lot of cases, those kind of repetitive uh, injuries or, or exposure uh, issues that happen at certain jobs where an employee can develop something, a health condition or an injury over time. And that's actually why workers' comp and employers' liability is written together because they both pair up to cover those sudden and instant claims and those claims that kind of uh, fall, you know, fall over a large period, larger period of time. Okay, so the last section that we're going to talk about is essentially the miscellaneous section. And this is the section that can really get uh, complicated and you're really gonna wanna work with your broker, your risk manager on this because they're gonna have to know the ins and outs of your business. So there are certain types of coverages that are specific to certain areas, certain industries, certain types of organizations. Things like trade credit insurance, which is insuring your, uh, your receivables so that when you send out product or someone does a lot of business on account with you, and you're worried that they might not pay you uh, on what you've done for them or the goods that you've provided them, 
you can actually insure those receivables. There's also product recall insurance. And so if you're a manufacturer or a distributor, uh, a large recall can be a very costly claim and to, for two reasons. Uh, getting the product back uh, is, is always a, a cost. Um, if you have to destroy the product, then you're, you're losing the, the value of that material or that product that you made. And then also there's a huge PR hit that can happen. Um, you know, think back to things like Johnson and Johnson with their issues with uh, aspirin and, and uh, some other products. Uh, the PR element of it is very important, and typically PR help gets included in the uh, in the policies that get written for product recall. There's also aviation liability insurance, uh, so you can do that if you have to fly planes for your business. But aviation liability insurance can also be covered or carried by an employer that charters a lot of flights or sends employees on a lot of flights using small uh, small uh, planes. And in a lot of cases, if you send an employee on a plane and say charter a flight for them, and uh, a situation happens where the plane crashes or hits someone or something, they can actually sue you for chartering the flight as well as the company or the individual that's flying and operating and maintaining the plane. All right, the last thing we're going to talk about is kind of agricultural insurance, crop insurance and livestock and insur insurance. So if you're a farm owner, if you're, uh, you know, any kind of uh, food processing uh, organization that, you know, grows its own or, or has a lot of, uh, you know, farm animals on, on their, their premises that they maintain for uh, you know, any one of a number of different products, whether it be fur or wool or um, anything. Uh, you can actually cover the health of the animals, and then also crop insurance covers the health of the crops, and in some cases will actually cover uh, the yield of the crops to to make sure that you you know go through, don't do, go through a uh, bad patch in terms of the yield on the crop and have to take a huge financial hit as a result of it. And that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Call Your Broker. We hope you got something out of it. If you did, please, please, please hit the like button subscribe, leave a comment or a review. If you have specific questions, you can always reach out to us directly at either treadstonerisk.com or lbanj.com. We'll see you next time. And as always, this is a reminder to call your broker. Say